the Minnesota Wild did not do the things that they needed to do against the New York Rangers, and so they ended up losing. We'll talk about why the Wild formula only works if the Wild do what they need to do, plus Jared Spurgeon's return, and we'll look at what the Wild need to do against the Buffalo Sabres here this evening on today's episode of Locked on Wilds. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota wild. Part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Hey, this is Brandon Duham and this is locked on wild. What is happening, everybody? Welcome into another episode of locked on wild, your daily Minnesota wild podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss out on any of our content throughout the course of the week. Today's episode of Lockdown Wild is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. On today's episode of Locked on Wild, we break down what went wrong for the Wild against the New York Rangers. We'll talk about why, with the team being old and uh, not as fast as uh, other teams throughout the league, why they need to outwork teams on the outside if they're going to continue to pick up wins. We'll also talk about Jared Spurgeon's return, what it does for the Wild D pairings, and what the Sabres bring to the table in tonight's matchup. My name is Seth Topol, your daily Minnesota Wild insider, once again coming to you from the XL Energy Center covering uh, State High School Volleyball, but uh, having an opportunity here before things get rolling to give you some pregame content before the Buffalo Sabres take on the Minnesota Wild here this evening. And for the Minnesota Wild, obviously things did not go well against the New York Rangers, but it shouldn't really be a surprise at this point for the Wild. They're not a team that has as much speed or general skill as other teams that they go up against. And so if the Wild are going to beat these teams, they need to be able to handle things in the offensive zone. Too many instances in last night's game where it was a one and done. And what I mean there is one shot on net and it's either a save or it's sent back the other way by the Sabres. If the Wild are going to pick up wins and take care of that uh, that speed and skill deficit that they have compared to other teams. They got to mix it up. They got to work hard to keep the puck in the offensive zone and to generate additional chances. And you can't expect to win a game in which you get throttled in the first period, frankly, in the shots department. You dominate the second period, and so the Wild were able to get things tied up, which was great. But then in the third period, they just kind of went right back to letting the Rangers dictate the pace and the tempo. The Wilds are a team that needs to get out in front of things and slow the pace down, keep possession in the offensive zone. And it's not going to be a situation where the Wilds just dominate like they did, for instance, against the New York Rangers in that game in which Philip Gustafson gave up three goals and then got pulled. You're not going to dominate to that extent against many opponents in the NHL, which is why when you do have possession in the offensive zone, you need to make it count, which means more than one shot, puck battles one along the boards, get it back out to the top and reset. 
you can't just go in, fling one shot on net, expecting a goal, and just surrender it back the other way. This is a wild team that is going to win with their physical play. And if they can't do that, if they try to get into a track meet, it's likely going to be a loss. Now, that's not to say they don't have any speed or skill. There are certainly plenty of uh, players on this roster that feature one or the other. They just don't have as much of it compared to other teams because this is the mold that Bill Guerin has gone into is we need to be bigger. We need to be more physical. We need to be able to win all those dirty areas on the boards, around the net, on the half wall, wherever, you name it. That is what he envisions this wild team doing. It's not flashy. It's at this season, it's really not fun a lot of the time. We'll talk more about that coming up here in a little bit. But that is how this team is put together. And so, honestly, I keep going back to two seasons ago when the Wild scored goals in bunches on everybody. And it seemed like they laughed in the face of getting called for penalties. They were the, I believe, third most penalized team in the NHL that season. They laugh in the face of getting called penalties, uh, getting called for penalties. Because they know even if they give up a power play goal, they'll just go score one five on five. They laugh in the face of turnovers. They laughed in the face of, of just about anything because it was a franchise record for goals. And the team was like, we'll just get more in five on five. While the success this year has been in the five-on-five department, this is just not the same team as we saw two seasons ago. And so the style of play on the ice needs to reflect that. And furthermore, if this team tries to play in a similar mindset, we're going to see the exact same things happen in losses as opposed to in wins. And so... It's, it's pretty simple, honestly, for this Minnesota Wild team as the season continues. Were they able to sustain zone presence? Were they able to get multiple shots on net every time they got it down the, uh, the ice? If yes, their chances of winning are better. If no, if it's one shot and done, and then go back down and spend a ton of time in the defensive zone getting stuck on that side, it's likely a loss, and it just is as simple as that. I know there are other things that can happen over the course of a game, but really it boils down to those types of things. That This Minnesota Wild team is going to have to do uh, – it's going to have to do better work of just even trying to keep things even by getting opportunities uh, that they can sustain as opposed to truly being all or nothing, as opposed to being like they were against the Rangers – Nothing in the first period, and then all in the second period, and here and there in the third. That's not going to be good enough. Another thing that I noticed from last night's game, having not had a chance really to watch it all, but just following enough to uh, to see what's going on, why is Brock Faber falling on the sword for everything that goes wrong? I Look, I applaud the fact that he is, and the play that he was talking about in which he pinched and... Uh, was was not successful and it led to a three-on-one for the New York Rangers going down the other way. That's that's a thing that you see a young player, uh, a mistake that's made. But like to, to say that it's all on him is one of those things that you see players do to try to take blame off of the rest of the group. But where's the rest of the group? Some of these top-level guys who have not gotten off to particularly good starts this season 
you hear things like, I need to be better. I need to be better. Well, let's see it. Otherwise, it's just empty words. If you keep saying your play needs to be better and it doesn't get better, then we got a problem. And so I applaud that we're seeing young players try to own up to some of their mistakes as young players. But th there needs to be more of a, an accountability check for uh, other players that uh, that are on the ice. Like, what what are some things that are are not going right so far? Why are we seeing guys that look like they're giving different levels of compete and efforts compared to other players? It's refreshing that this team, arguably two of its best players, are rookies in Brock Faber and Marco Rossi. But like, let's let's get some of that play back up from uh, some of the key veterans on this team that uh, that need to uh, step it up, such as number ninety-seven. We'll talk about uh, the slow start for Kirill Kaprizov, and if it needs to be a concern for the Minnesota Wild, we'll also talk about Jared Spurgeon's return to the lineup. All that and more coming up as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Today's episode of Locked on Wild is brought to you by Parkview Advance. As a business owner, you realize there are times when receivables might fall behind. But that doesn't mean you need to fall behind on vendor payments, payroll, or rent. For more than 25 years, Parkview Advance has helped businesses secure working capital from $5,000 to $1.5 million. Parkview Advance can approve your working capital in as little as 24 hours. It's a much easier process than you might imagine. Parkview Advance invites the many entrepreneurs that are locked on NHL fans to learn more by calling them at 203-675-0071 or go to parkviewadvance.com. If your business needs working capital, call Parkview Advance today. Call Parkview Advance, helping businesses with their working capital. Check out parkviewadvance.com. Today's episode of Lockdown Wild is also brought to you by Collective. If you run a solo small business, you're an army of one, but you still need a CPA, bookkeeper, separate payroll solution, and more. Let Collective take care of the paperwork while you take care of business. Collective is the number one financial solution for freelancers, contractors, and self-employed entrepreneurs that lets you focus on your passion, not your paperwork. Collective knows that if your business of one makes over $80,000 a year, you will find the most value from their services. Join the thousands of solopreneurs who have an average of $100,000 per year saved on their taxes with their infrastructure. Right now, Collective is offering one month free with no onboarding fee when you go to collective.com slash locked on NHL and tell them locked on NHL sent you. That's a $550 value for absolutely free when you go to collective.com slash locked on NHL and tell them locked on NHL sent you. That's collective.com slash locked on NHL. Make sure you tell them locked on NHL sent you. Welcome back to today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, we thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. For the everydayers, make sure that you join us for Sunday as we give you a special pregame preview edition of Lockdown Wild here from the XL Energy Center as Minnesota Wild take on the Dallas Stars. We'll recap some of what we saw in the game tonight against the Buffalo Sabres, and we'll get you set for puck drop here at the X. So, Kirill Kaprizov, 
off to a little bit of a slow start again this season, but is it an area for concern? Uh, obviously, a lot of the five-on-five numbers, not great, as his level of points, just not anywhere near what it has been in five-on-five scoring uh, at points throughout the season. Uh, Kaprizov has nine five-on-five points. Uh, check that. He has six five-on-five points so far this season and 12 points in 13 games played thus far. But if you look at Kaprizov's numbers over his past few seasons since he came into the league, we'll start back in 2020-2021. And Kirill Kaprizov in the first 13 games of the season, including a uh, month of October, which was the first 10, in which he ended up with two goals, six assists for a total of eight points, Three goals, nine assists for a total of uh, 12 or three goals, six assists for nine total points in 13 of his first games as a rookie back in 2020-2021. So nine points in 13 games is rookie season. If you go to his second year in the league, remember he had no goals in the month of October, just six points through the uh, first eight games of the season, but then had three goals early on in the month of November. He finished with three goals and eight assists, so 11 total points in 13 games in his second season in the league. 2022-2023, he did a little better with six goals in October and uh, ended up adding a couple more uh, to start the month of November, he finished with 10 goals and five assists, 15 points in the first 13 games of the season last year. And now, as mentioned, just the four goals so far this season and 12 total points through the first 13 games of the year. Now, some of the other numbers that have caused some eye opening for Minnesota Wild fans so far is the number of shots in which Kaprizov is completely missing the net. Uh, that has seemed to rise this year compared to previous seasons. And so it just looks to be a situation in which Kaprizov is just not clicking on all cylinders yet. And whether it be pressure from being named an alternate captain this season, whether it be not being 100% ready to trust his, uh, his injury from last season, whether it be any number of things, it's pretty evident that things just are not going right for Kaprizov right now. But a common refrain that you see from a lot of people throughout uh, the fan base and throughout uh, the course of those that cover is that it'll all work itself out eventually. And so if you have Kaprizov right now who is coming in well below his norms in the early part of the season, Look at what he's been able to do over the last few seasons to get back above that bar. Um, Obviously, two years ago had 108 points, um, but you have to just, I think, look for signs of kind of pulling out of this. Had a goal against the New York Islanders on the power play, but then nothing against the New York Rangers. Just two shots on goal and a minus two. You look at his numbers in the month of November as well. He had scored two goals in three games, so maybe starting to kind of pull out of this a little bit. But um, I think if Kaprizov can start to bury some of those looks, 
and also start to get back closer to the net, that will help him get his numbers back up and to pull out of this slump, uh, mini slump, to start the season. That's another thing is that his attempts uh, up near the net in the high danger areas are way down as well. So, for Kaprizov, get to the net and prosper. Uh, that will, I think, be what pulls him out of this uh, slow start is if he can get back to just being a menace out there and let his line mates help him out. Marco Rossi and Matt Boldy certainly capable on. Speaking of slow start, Matt Boldy as well. Talks to by the coaching staff a couple of times this week to try to get himself back on track. Once those guys do, and with what Marco Rossi has been able to do this season, then I think we're going to see that line do some really, really good things. But if it's one player or if it's one and a half players on that line as opposed to all three, then we're going to see those quiet nights from this group. Once they all start clicking, then things will start to uh, really take off. And it's not as though Kaprizov not scoring, nobody's scoring. That's the problem. Ryan Hartman and Jewel Erickson Eck tied for the lead on this team with seven goals already. So those guys are more than carrying the weight so far. And so if that can continue, if that pace even slightens a little bit, but you start to see signs of Kaprizov coming out of it and Boldy getting hot again, then this offense is just going to be able to continue five on five. What has been a, uh, I think, pleasant surprise to start the season. Uh, if they can keep that rolling and the defense gets a little tightened up with Jared Spurgeon set to make his return to the XL or to the lineup here this evening, um, then I think you start to look at, you know, a little bit lengthier aberration to the start of the season in those key areas, defense and goaltending. If those numbers improve, if the five-on-five scoring continues, then the wins will start to pile up for this team. And speaking of the wins piling up, Jared Spurgeon back here tonight against the Buffalo Sabres. Spurgeon taking the spot on the roster of Damon Hunt. So Hunt sent back down to Iowa, but fear not wild fans. John Merrill not in the lineup. Dakota Mermis will continue to play, and my mindset remains steadfast in this. What will have changed from the time that John Merrill was scratched to now? Is he going to turn into a, a, a different defenseman, a better defenseman? Signs point to no, and so I don't think we have to worry about him all of a sudden getting slotted back into the lineup if Dakota Mermis has an off night or anything along those lines. I think that third pairing is going to continue to be Zach Bogosian and Dakota Mermis until either somebody gets injured or what have you. I don't think we need to worry about uh, Johnny Vibes coming back into the lineup anytime soon, um, unless absolutely desperately needed. And it wouldn't surprise me either if the Wild at this point are just trying to uh, wait until they get back home so that they can put him on waivers and then get somebody back up to fill that roster spot. That possibility wouldn't surprise me uh, because, again, at this point, if you're comfortable putting Dakota Mermis in over John Merrill, then there's not a situation that you are uncomfortable not having John Merrill in the lineup. And so with Spurgeon back in, sounds like the D pairings will be Spurgeon-Middleton, which is desperately needed because Jake Middleton has been one of the worst defensemen in the NHL so far this season. He is responsible for roughly 1.77 goals on ice per 60 minutes, which is one of the worst. I think it's third 
from the bottom in terms of most allowed uh, in the NHL. And that's not in a spot that you want to be. So hopefully Jared Spurgeon coming back can help get Jake Middleton back on track because if he can get back to looking like what we've seen over the last couple of seasons, that's going to do some massive things for this wild decor uh, as this season moves along. And it sounds like from Coach Dean Evison that Spurgeon will be in on both special teams units as well, which leads me to uh, some of the keys for the game that we'll talk about here in a second. If Spurgeon is in for special teams on both sides, that means I think it's time we try something on the uh, top power play unit. I'll talk about that as we continue today's episode of Lockdown Wild after this. We spend a lot of time talking together, listeners and myself. We get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts and who sits. I am truly thankful for the connection that we have. And today I want our chat to be a little more personal. I just learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications. You realize what that means? Bring on extended travel. Bring on the natural disaster or supply chain issues. You are covered, my friends. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics like Cialis, Viagra, or Revito prescription. And this is possible because of our friends at Jace Medical. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKDOWN at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace Medical. I'm thankful for this service. Supply chain issues limited uh, supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half in order to have them. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered the antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. If you or someone you love would love some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily medication, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code locked on for $20 off your purchase. Final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wild. And once again, we thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day for the everydayers. Unfortunately, no postcast tonight is obviously here at the X. Uh, we'll not be able to uh, get you post game coverage here tonight, but we'll be back at it on Sunday here from the XL Energy Center as the Minnesota Wild take on the Dallas Stars. Let's talk about some keys to this matchup here today against the Sabres of Buffalo, who come in 6-6-1, 7th place in the Atlantic Division. And for the Sabres, plenty of weapons on this team that are dangerous and capable of uh, getting to big goal totals in a hurry. None other than Tage Thompson, who had uh, just an outrageous season last year. Thompson um, ended up getting to the 50-goal mark uh, last season. Actually, he came just short. I beg your pardon. 47 goals, but he had 94 points on the season in 78 games. He's a power play monster for the Sabres. He has six goals so far in 13 games, but uh, he is somebody that you absolutely have to keep your eyes on, and it's hard to do so because he is 6'6", 220 pounds. And so it's hard when you do have your eyes on him to do anything about it. But not only for the Buffalo Sabres do they have the likes of Tage Thompson, Jeff Skinner off to a good start with six goals through 13 games. You, of course, have Minnesota Wild, former Minnesota Wild forward Alex Tuck. You've got Casey Middlestat, who uh, has three goals so far 
and uh, just on and on down the list. This is a Sabres team that scored 41 goals so far in 13 games. Now on the back end, the goaltending has been hit or miss. Uko Pekalukinen so far has the most games played amongst Sabres goalies. 3-2-1 with a 3.1 goals against average and an 8.99 save percentage. Uh, he has allowed 17 goals through uh, three games, which is uh, just above the uh, three goals per game, as mentioned. Devin Levy, 2-3 and three in five games so far with a 3.41 goals against average and an 8.85 save percentage. And if precipitated, Eric Comrie, 1-1 one and one in three games, he has a 2.46 goals against average and a 9.14 save percentage collectively. An 896 save percentage and a 3.15 goals against average. So, hey, let's not make another middle-of-the-pack goalie such as Louis Domingue look like a Vesna winner. How about we try to sustain some offensive pressure here this evening and uh, try to put the pressure on the Sabres uh, and try to get some uh, early goals? That, that was another thing that was frustrating about the game against the Rangers is the Wild just never really challenged Louis Domingue, and it felt like if they would have, uh, they may have been able to get a couple more goals on the board. This just felt like the game against the Seattle Kraken last season in which Martin Jones was in net, couldn't see the puck, and the Wild just could not get it on him to uh, get more opportunities. So keys to the game here this evening. Number one is to sustain in the offensive zone. One and dones are not going to cut it. And especially, again, depending on who is in net for the Sabres this evening, you got to make them work for it. You've got to get multiple opportunities when you find your way into the offensive zone because if this team struggles to get out of the defensive zone once again, those opportunities aren't going to come around all that often. So you got to sustain in the offensive zone here uh, to to get some potential shots and goals on that. Number two, will Jared Spurgeon's return stabilize things, especially on special teams? With Spurgeon set to come back into the lineup, should be a massive help on the penalty kill. Would imagine if he's going to play on the power play, it's going to be on the second unit. If it is on the second unit and you find that the five forward power play group is not getting it done, what about giving Brock Faber an opportunity to run the top power play unit? I know there is an argument against that, that you don't want to burden him with too much during the course of the game. Why not give it a shot and see it, he is capable. I think as a young player of handling pretty much anything that the coaching staff can throw at him. And so I would say just try some things out because that five forward look so far has been very inconsistent. They've struggled to really kind of get themselves organized in uh, more than a, a few of their opportunities in the two games that that unit has been put together. So don't be afraid to put a defenseman up on that grouping and don't be afraid to give Brock Faber a try uh, in that instance. And the final key to tonight's matchup, Fingers crossed for Philip Gustafson here this evening. It's been a rough start to the season for Gustafson. Certainly not all his fault, but it seems like he has been facing more and more shots from in close, and that has led to him not being able to play at the same level 
that he did last year. Now, is it a situation in which the league has a little bit of a tell on Gus Bus? Is it a situation where he played a little bit above his normal level last season, and now we're seeing him just kind of fall a little bit down more to where he normally would slot in? All of these could be factors at play, but I think the biggest thing is that this wild defensive unit needs to help limit the mess in front of him as much as possible. If you allow Philip Gustafson to get clean looks at shots, he's usually going to make the save. If you have his view obstructed, if there's screens in front of him, if he's not able to corral the rebound and nobody gets to it, and then he has to just try to kind of fend for himself with three players in front of the net just jabbing at the puck and eventually able to send it past him, you're going to have a bad time. So defense needs to help Gus out, try to keep things clean in front of him. But for Philip Gustafson, I think just try to simplify here tonight. Just focus on making the initial save. And Gustafson is a goalie that's not afraid to ice the puck. I know the Wilder on the road. But honestly, I would say just focus on making the first save and just get a stoppage. Keep it simple. Keep it uh, keep it as basic as you can. Just try to get back to some of the uh, the instinct plays as opposed to trying to guess where things are going to be happening. Um, and getting to that spot before the play actually takes place. That's where you end up getting out of position, and that leads to mistakes that the other team capitalizes on. So we'll see if all of that happens uh, here this evening. I am not optimistic that the Wilds will come away with the win here tonight. I'd love to be uh, proven wrong, but uh, unfortunately, I just think that this Sabres team possesses too much offensively to uh, to put problems to pose problems for this Minnesota Wild team. And so uh, we'll see if I'm wrong. I would love to be. But uh, regardless, we'll join you once again from the XL Energy Center coming up on Sunday for Wild Stars. That'll do it for tonight's edition of Lockdown Wild. Make sure that you subscribe if you haven't already on YouTube or your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss out on any of our content throughout the course of the week. Also, make sure to mark your calendars for next weekend for the Sweden streams. We'll be live streaming both Saturday and Sunday with the Minnesota Wild games going on. It'll be morning live streams. You can hop in here and interact while the game is going on. Uh, should be a lot of fun. We'll have some games. We'll have some guests. We'll have some fun as the Minnesota Wilds are in action against uh, both the Ottawa Senators and the Toronto Maple Leafs. So make sure to join us then. Make sure to follow along with our content throughout uh, the course of the season. You can find new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.